Good morning, everyone. I really appreciate uh, organizing uh, this dialogue, as I may call it, with all people from the industry. I think that I was telling some, some of the folks here that uh, I was elected in November, and I've been tested more than any other any other one uh, with the financial crisis, medical cliff, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Maria, tax reform, and uh, I don't want to continue. <laughs> I get tired of it. But uh, um, it's been a challenging, challenging time for Puerto Rico during this uh, two years, and actually the last 42 days. And first of all, I want to thank my colleagues in the house uh, for all the help, all the support that they've been giving me uh, in the last year. Because since day one, they've been in the upfront helping me out, drafting bills, uh, supporting, even creating a, a caucus for Puerto Rico uh, economic development in the island. And actually, you're looking at two of the co-chairs of that uh, task force that uh, we created during this year. Uh, what can I add to that? Um, first of all, I was there uh, during the hurricane, not during Learman, but during Maria. Uh, we never experienced a hurricane like that before, and it's so difficult to, to actually explain how, how you need to do it. I mean, I was having a lot of water inside my house, so as any other people, any other animals in Puerto Rico, I was uh, taking the water out until one time I said, I need to hide. Uh, so when you need to, to hold your door uh, for one hour, then you get tired. You said, whatever is going to happen, uh, let's, let's, I was with my brother, so we, we hide in the closet for the rest of the year again. It was not one hour, it was not two hours. It was more than nine hours stay having a hearing, hitting uh, your door. With, 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 it was private. Well, guess what? We need to move on. And uh, we still have more than 70% of the island without power. Um, that's a challenge. Uh, I, I don't recommend anyone to experience that. 29% um, of the people is without running water. So 20% of the people is without access to handbooks. And why is those numbers so important is, is Every day is a different challenge. So during the first <coughs> whole island was without power, uh, without running water, without access to the ports, without access to the airports. Uh, so when you are living in an island and uh, you can't have uh, commodities, water, gasoline, diesel, uh, power, I mean, those things were a luxury uh, during the first two weeks uh, after the hearing. Still. In some areas, I actually don't have power in my house. Um, so, having said that, the challenge after the hurricane is going to be how are we going to recover from this in terms of our, our economy? Uh, how Congress may step in making few changes that we need in order uh, to manage this financial situation. It's like the perfect storm financial crisis, medical cliff, Irma, Maria. And we're still not done during the hurricane season that is going to finish on December 15th. Uh, so one of the main issues and the main challenge that I've been speaking with my colleagues in, in the house is that we need to change uh, some of the status, not to repair uh, the current infrastructure, but actually rebuild it. 
not to the 1950s, not to the 1960s standards like they are right now, uh, but actually uh, look fo looking forward with underground, uh, with concrete poles instead of wooden poles uh, that FEMA is actually using right now uh, because we're going to be hit again. We don't want that, but that's the reality. You're living in the Caribbean, and it's not the climate change. Uh, so ha having said that, we need to establish a more easy, quick way, quick, quick, uh, way to uh, establish our economy. Uh, because for most of you, I, I know we hear a lot of people from the industry. Puerto uh, Rico's main um, source of income is not tourism. It's manufacturing. And that manufacturing is, is divided by pharmaceutical, medical devices, electronics, computers. And that means you have zero revenue, zero revenue because no power is an island uh, that already uh, weak economy is going to get worse. And that's the reason you're seeing that 1,000 Puerto Ricans are leaving the island daily. So right now, I just spoke with the governor of Florida, Scott, and he just told me that there were more than 84,000 Puerto Ricans that left Puerto Rico during uh, these 42 days. 84,000. That's people who are workers, people who actually are part of the, our tax base, uh, and you got different uh, people who came out uh, because of illness or elderly or even students. As a matter of fact, we haven't resumed the, the student classes in Puerto Rico uh, to 100% yet because we're still using 72 schools as shelters uh, for more than 30,000 30, uh, people that are still as refugees in, in those areas. Um, being included in the tax reform is important for us. I think these guys that are here, and uh, I want to recognize also my French friend, uh, my friend Frenchio and Lloyd Smoker. Uh, both have been in the island. Uh, actually, all of them have been in the island uh, during the last year uh, and more recently. Uh, we, we need to be included on those provisions because every time a territory is out of the uh, tax code, uh, we need to have amendments and we need to fight. Instead of focusing on having the greater things, we still focus on how to maintain whatever we got there instead of expanding and improvising, uh, improving, uh, may say, our economy. Uh, and one of those issues is that we need to protect the manufacturing industry in the island. For that, we need to have a power grid that actually can provide a service. But we can't. You get PREPA under uh, the Title III of bankruptcy uh, on the island. Thanks God, the oversight board now is filing to be charged at the uh, prepa, so that, that could mean that finally we're going to have the private sector uh, not only investing, but taking charge, as it should be. And um, that's one of the challenges. It's, it's not all of them, it's one of the challenges. Um, in, in terms of having more uh, exports, uh, I don't know if you're aware of what the FDA commissioner just told a week ago to one of the committees in the House, importance that the 10% of all manufacturing products in the U.S. are made in Puerto Rico. Uh, and that, that means that you get pharma plants, medical device plants, and more than 70, 78,000 jobs that are being on the island, American jobs. 
Uh, and uh, it's part of the 32% of our tax base. When you get hit by a hearing like this and you can't recover power, all those companies are still thinking if they're going to remain on the island or they're going to leave. Because the rest of the world continue working. We are the ones behind. Uh, so we got a lot of challenge. Um, of 68 hospitals, 66 are working, 20 of them with generators. Um, I know many people have been asking about if the federal response has been right or not. Uh, I will tell you this, I don't, want, I don't want the people of Puerto Rico to be taken as a tool to hit or smash our administration. The reality is we've been receiving funds, we've been receiving help, but we're still shy uh, on, those, on those areas. I think that the Corps of Engineers uh, was given three tasks, the government department, installing blue tarps, and uh, installing uh, temporary bridges. And they're being slow in all, all of those three. I think that's the main concern. But the rest of the agencies have been doing a wonderful job. Um, I don't know what else uh, you want me for an introduction, but uh, I know this is the time for the private sector. This is time uh, for Congress to again stay step in. And actually, this House of Representatives was the first responder in, in February when we allocated two, uh, $296 million for the Medicaid lift. And now, recently, uh, twice, uh, relief funds in Hurricane Ariman, relief funds in Hurricane Maria. Um, and even yesterday, uh, allocated $1 billion for Medicaid uh, that is going to be recommended to the House. Uh, so Congress is doing their part. Uh, we need now the government of Puerto Rico and of course that is doing their part uh, to work with the private sector in terms of improving our economy and actually giving confidence what investment uh, is going to be happening in the island during the next months. Thank you for that. I don't know how. No. system 
like the old one, um, so we can get power to people. And then we're going to come back and go, well, now how do we do it the right way? How do we do it in anticipation of the next storm? Um, which is, I mean, a really hard place for us to be. One priority is you want to get homes electricity. Another one is we want to be smart with taxpayer money. And those two things aren't actually meeting right now. And um, I think there was going to be a point where that's going to make some people frustrated and angry um, at the way this was done. But I don't necessarily see a better way to do it right now. Um, just I would, I would note that we have a lot of smart members in the House who care about this issue. Um, and we have a great group of people here who care about this issue from, from different industry, different perspectives, different viewpoints. This is, a, this is a, uh, uh, an opportunity, I think, for us to look at a, a place that um, has not been a, 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 a beacon of light for a free enterprise and, and streamline regulation and a great home for capital investment. Um, uh, we have an opportunity to rethink what Puerto Rico's future is um, and, and how do we, um, as Congress, help incentivize growth Puerto Rico, how do we deal with current wealth, um, and what leverage do we have to actually extract reform uh, from the Puerto Rican government? And anyone who invests on the island, I don't know how the permitting process has been for you, um, but the stories I've heard is it's taken years um, for people, not just in, in the municipalities, but then from the island government to actually get approvals to, to invest. That's a horrible place for capital. And so we have the opportunity to say we've seen the failure of a big government democratic experiment. How great is it for us to then go, what can, what can we do in Congress to actually make this a great home for investment and capital? What does free enterprise look like in, in Puerto Rico? Um, and I think that's, that's the, the challenge and the opportunity that we have right now in, in Congress to think through these issues. I would just say, the risk I think we face is there's some people in Congress who believe that, oh God, these hurricanes, by the way, I, I got to work on ProMesa and flood insurance, which no one really cared about until these floods hit, or these the hurricanes hit, not to care about flood and, and Puerto Rico. Um, but some want to go, what's the least amount that we can do to get this problem off our back? It's now in newspapers, it's now on TV, so what's the least we can do, the least we can spend? to get people to forget about this. And I think that's a wrong approach. I think we have to take this opportunity to go, how big can we go? What kind of vision can we have as a Congress to actually do this the right way? Um, and I would just challenge all of you as we think through kind of what's in the realm of possibility. We need partners, we need friends, we need allies, we need to spitball together um, as, a, as a group of people who care about Puerto Rico to get uh, the best and most innovative and creative ideas uh, flowing our way so that we can pick what we think are the best and most politically um, possible uh, options for us to move forward with. So um, thank you guys all for coming. I know we have time for questions before we get comments, uh, but with that, I'll give it over to uh, the great Tom Carson, who does not care about flood insurance. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Brad. Well, good morning. It's, uh, is this on? No. Is that more yours? Thank you. If I get out of this chair, I might not get back into it. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason I'm <laughs> These chairs are a little wobbly when you 
I was reminded during breakfast that the last time I was with you, uh, it was on the eve of healthcare. And that worked out so well that I can't tell you how delighted I am. On tax morning. And uh, believe it or not, uh, with all of the debates and discussions and negotiations over the last two weeks, uh, today's a little like Christmas. I'm going to conference to find out uh, what we get to open. <laughs> Some of these things. Because Ways and Means has been very guarded about parts of this bill. Uh, you know, as Sean said, likewise, I'm very invested in Puerto Rico, very concerned about it. I got involved because I was on the Natural Resource Committee in the last Congress, and, uh, and Sean had introduced PROMESA to try to deal with their, their debt crisis, and I got engaged in it. I spent my life as a businessman. I understood a lot of the issues, and I thought maybe that I could help. I used to own a lot of Puerto Rico bonds. I sold them some years ago. And I sold them for all of the reasons that people are concerned about doing business in Puerto Rico. So I look at a set of problems that pre-exist in Maria and Irma, but have been greatly exacerbated by these firms. And some new problems have been added, like the issues in the hospitals. And I look at the, the overall set of issues facing Puerto Rico, and then I look at maybe what could be some long-term solutions. And I think I'll take a moment just to share those with you. I look at an island with three and a half million people, Americans, three and a half million Americans, who can leave at will, by the way, you know that, and they do, a thousand a day right now. Young people who don't see a future, they can get on a plane and go to, uh, go to Florida. And the benefits that they don't get, for example, in Medicaid, they don't get benefits in Puerto Rico, they land in Florida and they become eligible for many things that they don't get in Puerto Rico. And there's a brain drain going on in this island. That is, first and foremost, what I see as a problem. And if Congress doesn't fix it, it doesn't go away. It just transfers some of that problem to U.S. soil. We need to fix it. First, because they're Americans, they're part of our country. And secondly, because the problems only get worse and more expensive if we delay and don't fix them. The, the debt problem is a combination of bonds, government bonds that uh, really can't be repaid, and unfunded pension liabilities. It's a total of about $125 billion. That's well above the GDP of Puerto Rico. It's about $35,000 per person, per man, woman, and child. And as people leave, that burden gets higher on those who remain. That is why we had to give them some ability to restructure their debt. They had no legal authority to do it, and we had to give them that authority. There's a fiscal crisis and a business set of issues, and they are separate. The fiscal crisis doesn't imply that Puerto Rico is a lousy place to do business. There's actually a thriving business community in Puerto Rico. Half their economy is manufacturing, as Jennifer said, half. And it's shrunk a lot, but there are thriving businesses. I've visited Amgen's plant there. It's remarkable what they're doing on that island that improves our health day to day. So we have to deal with both of those issues. There is an energy issue and a health issue. And energy has a transmission component, which has been broken by these hurricanes. But there's also a, gener there's also a generation issue. I met last week with the executive director, and Natalie, I forget her last name, but she's the executive director of the uh, Growth Commission. And we sat down, and I said, boy, do you look familiar. We talked for a while, and, and then I remembered 
She was the finance minister in Ukraine a couple of years ago when I visited her. And we talked about energy, and I asked how much of Puerto Rico's energy could they produce on their own, indigenously. You know, combination of solar, wind, a small package, other things. And she said studies had suggested that maybe half. That would be a huge step forward for this island, to produce half of their own energy and rely less on really expensive imported uh, sources of energy. So that has to get fixed, and healthcare is a big issue. Jennifer alluded to it. The, the, uh, the fact that they're not treated the same as a state in Medicaid, the fact that healthcare is so expensive on the island. These are all some of the problems, and they've all been magnified by Maria. I'll just suggest what I think might be a couple of potential solutions. Number one, with regard to debt, uh, gee, I can't remember who said it, but somebody suggested in the last week or so that maybe all that debt should be forgiven. That is not a good idea. If you forget, if you totally just eliminate the debt in Puerto Rico, you'll never get investment on the island again. Who's going to buy a bond if the last round of bonds got wiped out? So we have to have an orderly restructuring of debt on Puerto Rico to encourage future investment. The fiscal disciplines they need, Sean alluded to, I think they're underway. The control board is, is imposing things on them they don't like, but I think I think together the government of Puerto Rico and the control board can get to some of that. <coughs> Repatriation of earnings is a big deal. You know if you're a U.S. company doing business on the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico and you want to bring your capital back home, you're treated like you're bringing it home from Greece or Russia or some other foreign country. This is U.S. soil. And we should have free flow of capital which would encourage U.S. businesses to do business there. Energy, I've already talked about, getting some local sources. There are things we can do on the tax side that would give a benefit and an advantage of companies that want to do business on the island. I proposed a small pilot bill that would take unemployment dollars and pay companies those unemployment dollars if they hire people. So instead of paying people to stay home, let's pay companies to hire those people. And I think get people to work. Give them a reason to stay on the island. Those are some of the issues. A whole bunch of FEMA-related issues from encouraging SBA loans to uh, not requiring them to pay Puerto Rico to pay the normal 10%, which they don't have the money to do. There are things we can do to help them there. And I'll drop one thought that's very much in Jennifer's mind, I know. And I think long-term, we really need to look at it. And that is, why do we have 3.5 million people in Puerto Rico who are not a state. That to me, I, I ran a small company once that was part of AIG. I learned a very important lesson. It was a standalone investment holding. Everything we did was different than the parent, and everything was a pain in the neck for the parent. Everything was. It made it very difficult for them to deal with my little company. We ended up spinning it off. Puerto Rico's sort of like that. Everything has to be rethought, redone done as an exception, does the tax code, the way Medicaid is handled, so many issues would actually go away if Puerto Rico were a state. Now, there's issues around that, but there's most, off Puerto Rico. There's, mostly, uh, <laughs> there's mostly political issues around that. They can be solved. Maybe it's phased in over time, the representation. But I think ultimately, and I know you agree, because I've co-sponsored your bill, but I think ultimately we have to consider why are three and a half Americans living sort of a second-class existence uh, just off the 
the Florida coast. So those are my uh, those are my thoughts. And in our remaining time, we have a few minutes maybe to take questions, and then we have to go uh, to celebrate Christmas down the road. <laughs> I think we, we had, as you can see, the right members here to talk about Puerto Rico today. I had about four questions. I think you addressed almost all of them, and I'm going to really open it up to all of you. I just want to focus on tax reform for one second, since that's, I'm wondering to see if everyone's checking their phones for any news that may be coming on. I'm seeing, yes, um, such a big morning. But I think what's been frustrating, and I, you may share this, is when we go around, there's some kind of belief that if you do something special for Puerto Rico, it becomes this big tax haven where everyone goes down to the island for investment. And some, as some, a company that's been investing there, there are so many reasons not to go to Puerto Rico in terms of the extra cost of energy, in terms of the extra cost of shipping, being prepared for a hurricane. So there needs to be these extra incentives. And it's, and it's obvious, all manufacturing's not gonna go to Puerto Rico. It's the size of Connecticut. It's got, what, 60% is mountainous. You know, it's not going to be over, but but, but right now, with 50% of the economy built on manufacturing, we need to find ways to preserve it. So in the work that you've done, you know, what do you think in terms of how members of Congress are thinking about in terms of tax reform? I think what Dorothy and, and MacArthur just said, and <coughs> actually you just saying too, we, we're not competing with, with the US. We're competing with Singapore, with Ireland, with other countries. So that's a reason we need to have it's not a safe haven or, you know, it's some kind of a competitive advantage <clears throat> for those countries. Not for the U.S., for those countries. And to actually maintain all, more than 14 manufacturing <clears throat> and the pharmaceutical industry that they're actually paying the, the, the taxes in the island. Um, <clears throat> those are good jobs, those are emerging jobs, and, and just to give you an example, um, our average uh, salary is eighteen thousand dollars. Mississippi is thirty-nine thousand, and the average in the nation is fifty-two thousand. So that can tell you one of the main differences in terms of salaries. Forty-six percent of the islands under poverty levels. Forty-six percent. Mississippi got twenty-one percent under poverty level. So that means a lot. That's the reason uh, we want to be included. Uh, not, not just the, the CFC, the domestic companies, uh, manufacturing companies in the island, but also you need to look about what uh, Representative um, um, Tom uh, McCarthy just said. I mean, if we can pay taxes, we, we do pay some, but not all, not all of them. We're looking for the air income tax credit, child <coughs> tax credit, getting people out to work. Uh, those are part of a, something that should be included in a tax bill. It's, it's in a greater mode. It, it, they're not moving just to Florida. They're moving to Texas, to New York, to the eastern course of the United States. There are 5.2 million Puerto Ricans in the main. 5.2. And 3.4 of that. And if, if we are losing 1,000 per day, that means that that number is going to uh, be down uh, for the next year. Maybe we, because we're going to go to Christmas, we can maybe do rapid fire. If you guys have questions, we'll try to quick questions and quick answers. Can you talk about the timing for legislation, the next round of legislation? <laughs> 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 wow. 
Well, there's bells. There's, there's a number of bells that have already been introduced. Uh, I think the reason we all have a dumb look on our face is the timing really depends on how, how committees and leadership processes those, and we're not controlling that. So uh, there have been bills that come out of most of the recommendations of the growth commission that Sean and I served on, most of those have been put into legislative language and introduced. And, you know, they're working their way through a process. Um, I do want to just add one thing to uh, what Jennifer just said. Think of all the rage about offshoring. Puerto Rico is a perfect opportunity for nearshoring under American rule of law and uh, where we can influence uh, outcomes in a pretty dramatic way. That's what we ought to be thinking about for that island. I was hoping to say the sooner the better. Um, the longer we wait, I think, the less leverage we have. Uh, but obviously, we have a lot of things in our plate as well between now and the end of the year. So, um, again, we want to move quick, but we, we recognize you know, what challenges we have in the calendar. In, in terms of the Natural Resources Committee, there's some drafts that we're working on. Uh, I don't know when they're going to be approved. Uh, the other one is speaker, and actually, with some guys from the leadership team drafting the rest of the recommendations from the uh, report of last December. 70% of them is already being filed. So this is 30% that we're looking for. And, and we should take advantage of this situation and actually test all the ideas you got for the rest of the mainland. Test it in the island. I mean, you got, you got an island of 3.4 million American citizens. You got a, a new healthcare program, test it in the island. You got new policies in terms of economics, test it on the island. And, and you can see, you can, you can use policy testing, te testing, <laughs> not, not, not other kind of testing, I'm not referring to uh, uh, orange agent. But anyway, um, you, you can test those ideas uh, on the island, and you can see it right away if they're going to function or not before having them implemented in the states. Uh, so, so you're walking into the, uh, the briefing here in a few minutes. Um, from what we understand, there are going to be some Puerto Rican provisions in this, but a lot of it's still an open issue, and it's going to be resolved before the markup. So if there's anything you can do, talking to some guy from Wisconsin or a guy from Texas or the gentleman from California that was visiting you, that would be greatly appreciated because it's still in development, and I think Carlos Rebello is not here because he's working on this right now. So anything you can do to help them and him uh, understand the importance of the strong tax incentives that people people in Puerto Rico, that'd be greatly appreciated. Yep. Okay. So we have only time for one more, Jen, is that right? One more, and then there's conference. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to go back to your comment regarding the uh, Army Corps of Engineers. Um, work for hospitals, obviously we conserve our hospitals down there, and also about medical supply back here in the United States. And we're facing an IV shortage here in the United States because of the manufacturing there. And is there anything more they can be doing um, in the Army Corps of Engineers or other places for the immediate crisis in the next six months dealing with that kind of upping the grid there to get it going? Yes, it is actually, it is, it's in terms of the brigades, they haven't they haven't had all the brigades in the island. When Florida was hit, uh, they got 60,000 people working just to recover the power grid. Puerto Rico is, is just 14,000. Uh, so, so and, and, and the topography is different. You get flat Florida and 60% of our island is just mountains. So 60,000 people, 14,000, it's going to take, I mean, the governor established 95% of the island to be connected to the power grid on December 15th. And the Corp of Engineers said that we roughly may get to 50. I mean, living, it's humbling living in that way. 
without communications, without water, without power. And uh, when you need assistance for living, like you know, machines or, or treatments, uh, you are in a constant dire <coughs> situation. And that's what's still happening there. It is a, it, it is a humanitarian crisis, uh, and uh, we're still, you know, fighting that. Tom, any any further questions, Sean? I just I, I want to reiterate the point that those who care from all these different sectors that are here at, at, uh, at breakfast, please participate. Please share the greatest and best thoughts that you have and, and where you see uh, legislation going. And just, that's, the, that's the assistance and the help that, that we need the best product possible. And it's a, again, it's a, it's a unified effort with all of us. So please, please participate and help us out. And I will be more than able to meet with you and actually discuss those creative ideas because I think this is a time for all of them. And good to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all.